0: Thank you guys for tuning into in the fight. It is Monday, August 9th. We just got done recording today on the episode. He's coming off of a great win. And as, as much as it hurt my heart to watch Randy Costa take an L, I'm very happy that it was at the hands of this man surging, rising bantamweight contender in the UFC. This guy is a bad man He's got boxing skills. He's in the sport for the right reasons. And this conversation was incredible. This is, this is why we get into MMA is for people like Adrian Yanez. And this was just even more confirmation. This guy was awesome to talk to kind, genuine, interesting, interested in what we were talking about. I'm I'm really appreciative of the time. I'm appreciative of what he's doing for the sport. So, Today, on In The Fight, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, UFC bantamweight contender, Adrian Yanez. This is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, August 9th. It is 11.06 a.m. here in San Diego, California. Oh, man, and this one's tough. This, this is a toughie because <laughs> while my guest is a bad-ass dude, he is skilled as hell, he's coming off of a great win, and he's clearly headed in the right direction. You're going to be hearing his name a lot in the near future. My guest did put a little bit of a beat down on our boy Randy Costa. So we're going to talk things out. We're going to hash things out <laughs> and see if we can come to a little bit of a friendship by the end of things today. Today, ladies and gentlemen, on In the Fight, surging, rising fandom weight contender in the UFC, Adrian Yanez. Adrian, brother, I, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you, dude.
1: Man, uh, thank you for having me on, man. Uh, it, shoot, that fight, man, you say I put a beating on him, man. He, he put a beat on me for the first three and a half minutes. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun one. It, it was one that I didn't want to show, like, uh, that what I had, like, like toughness-wise. But, you know, I got to show it. So, it was pretty cool.
0: So, I think the fight is a good place to start. I think that, that's that's where oh. we probably start this conversation. So, I think coming in... Everyone knew this thing's going to be a banger, right? Like, there's just no way going into this fight. You're like, ah, it's going to be a snooze fest. Oh, it could not live up to that. Dude, this thing was destined to be sick as fuck. So, like, coming in, you know it's going to be hot. You know this thing's going to be a banger. But that opening two minutes, like, dude, Randy was just finding that jab. So, let's start with the jab. Was that a timing thing or was that a distance thing in your opinion
1: Uh, it was a mixture of all of it man it was a mixture of all of it like so it's it's it like uh a lot of people don't notice they don't go back to watch randy's like fights before but i i did the week of and and like when we first signed the contract like honestly i didn't expect him to come out boxing heavy the way he did and he and he came out like and he made me pretty much like not me made me not be able to move my head the way I wanted to at first because he threw the jab, then he threw a head kick right after. Like starting off, starting off, like he's throwing jab, high kicks, jab, high kicks, or one two high kick and all that stuff. So man, a lot of people uh, are saying like, man, how come he didn't move your head? It's like, oh shit, like you if you didn't see what he was throwing at the beginning of the of the rounds, man, like you like. You slip right into a kick and you're out. You man, you turn into one of his highlights. You know, as as he has many of those before. He has a lot of like head kick knockouts. You know, and and honestly, like like I know how hard he kicks, and I felt I felt them like whenever they were coming off my arms. I was like, nah, he kicks hard. This will put me out if I if he lands it correctly. So uh, that made me kind of stay a little bit more. Like I couldn't move my head too much because like, oh man, he's gonna catch me with the kick coming up, and he was searching for it. And then on top of that, his, his, uh, his, his speed and the timing was I, he was, uh, at first I was able to see the jab coming, but like, it was like one of those that like he would throw the jab, but it was a different speed. It started off slow, but finished off quick. And that was like, uh, that was something that I was like, I didn't anticipate from him cause I'd never seen that in any of his fights. And then after that, he started being annoying with it and just started throwing. Not instead of just throwing one, he'd be like throwing three. He just keep the jab coming and offset instead of going double jab like pop pop. It was like pop, then pop pop. It wasn't consistent and it was like it was awkward. It was like something that like like man, any other fighter throws a, throws the jab, they throw one or they'll just go pop pop. He just was like pop then pop pop, and then there was a couple where he threw three in a row and it was like pop pop pop. Then back to a single. He changed up the tempo. There was a lot of things that he was doing. And it was – honestly, it worked great for him. It had me on my back foot just being like, what the fuck, <laughs> like, for a second. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was – it was good because I didn't expect him to go out, to come out like that, and he completely switched up, like, the game plan that I thought he would have had. Uh, but, man, like, all props to him because he came out super boxing-oriented. He didn't want to come out super kick-heavy like I had in his last couple fights because even he noticed that I, that I knew how to block kicks correctly and everything, and he saw me countering a lot of his kicks, and he was like, all right, cool, well, the hands it is. And I didn't expect that, and, you know, he was able to do what he did.
0: So I think something I always try and do on the podcast is like explain to the average person. Like I'm, I'm the first to admit that I am not like an expert. You know what I mean, bro? Like, dude, I'm the same as everyone else. I just have been watching for almost my whole life, MMA and boxing. And like, I love it. I love talking to fighters about it, but dude, I am not the couch coach. I'm not the guy that's like, Oh, this is what you're supposed to do. I have no fucking idea. But I love asking you guys about the little like technical things that we don't know at home. When you're watching a fight and you see a jab landing, you would assume there's like two things you can do. You can either like slip and and move away from the jab or you could like block or parry the jab. What was kind of your like thinking as he lands those first couple? or like the first minute, the first two minutes, like he's landing, the rhythm's a little weird, whatever it might be, you're talking about the the speed is changing up. What was your thinking in terms of like defense? Were you going more like slip, like move away from it? Or were you thinking like, yo, I'm going to block this. I'm going to move it, like move it out of, you know, the path of my head. Or were you thinking like, yo, just survive the first four minutes. We'll worry about it later.
1: So it – Everything was kind of firing off of my head at the time like every, it was like kind of like do this, do this, do this, do this and then also too it was like I, I have to put my ego in check because after like the first couple jabs like I wanted to like like throw something hard at him I wanted to hit mm-hmm. them hard so I can kind of get so I can kind of uh, can kind of get what's it called uh, get the respect early to make them know like hey, you keep throwing this like I'm gonna do this and it's gonna hurt and pretty much that's what I was trying to do. Uh, kind of like getting, letting my, uh, letting my emotions get the best of me a little bit, but also it was kind of like a mixture of like, like all that was running through my head. Like I get jabbed and they like jab, jab, jab. And then all of a sudden I'm getting punched in the face and I'm trying to move. But also what he did very well was like, he made, he limited my movement of the octagon of like the, the, the space that I had and cutting off, he made pretty much, he turned pretty much a square into a triangle for me and made cut the cut the space in half. That's, that's another thing that like, would probably make it easier for people to understand. So I had a square box that I had, but he cut it in half and made it a triangle only made me able to move in that certain amount of area. And from there on out, like I was like trying to move. And there were tell- like, I, even the, the, the uh, commentary is like, man, like Giannis can't stand. in front. I was like, well, I had nowhere to move because Randy was doing such a great job of cutting off the cage, doing all the right things. And he was throwing everything in combination. And it wasn't like, and it was one of those things where I could move my head, but it was just one of those that like, you don't want to move your head into a kick and get knocked out. And then, then there was a couple punches where I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to have to start rolling with these. Cause they're like, he, he does hit hard. And there was a couple right hands that I rolled with. So I turned with the punch. So whenever he connected, I turned with it so it doesn't have enough uh, – doesn't have it doesn't hit to the full extent of the power. So after that, like once I settled down and got out of my own head, I was like, I need to change things up. I need to start moving forward. I need to jab with him. Like anytime he throws something, I got to throw. Even if it's just a small jab, stop throwing these hard punches. Just relax, be with him, throw with him. And that's what I started doing and started cutting off his legs. I started chopping it down. I was like, because – I started thinking of multiple things at once jab with him. And also the thing that's making him move forward, I need to stop that. So I started kicking his front leg kind of like pretty much deflating the tire and the wheel. And that's what I was trying to do. And after that, what I was trying to do is I was trying to hit heavy to the body too. Like there was a couple of times where I went to the body and I was like, okay, I'm gonna slow him down. Like I'm going to make him slow down because I want him to. And you know, a lot of people don't take that into account about this fight that I did land two shots to the body and they did have effect in the first round. And I you could see the the difference from whenever I landed and you can see it in his eyes. They they opened up big and that's whenever I knew I was like, okay, now it's my time to start working. Now it's my time to start getting a uh, start throwing my combinations. And once I've had him on the back foot, I knew. Uh but getting into the second getting into the second round between rounds, I was like still frustrated with myself in my Corner did a really good job of calming me down and just being like, "Look, you're you're good. Just relax. Just let yourself. Uh, just let yourself uh, flow with it. Instead of like trying to chase these big shots, you know, you got it at the end. You got the rhythm. Now just keep that pace up and keep chopping at his legs. Keep going to the body, and just keep walking him down. And pretty much, pretty much, that was just with the the second round how it went and got was able to get the stoppage.
0: So the the momentum changed, right? Like with a minute left, maybe like a little more than a minute left in the, in the first round. And you talked about the body shots. You talked, you said the phrase, you know, deflating the tire. And that's a Teddy Atlas quote. That's a, he says that all the time. And I know you're a big fan of his, he is a big fan of yours, which is the coolest shit. Oh yeah. Ever. <laughs> like boxing royalty OG. Oh, legend yeah. Oh yeah. Game, and like, to get his respect and love like you know it means you're doing something right but um i wanted to talk about the body shots a little bit because everyone talked about like you know the uppercut finish and, and it looked great and but really i thought the body work at least from my end and randy said it too he's like yo the body works what kind of added up and got me um three round fights they can be really short right they happen so fast like oh yeah sometimes to like to throw to the body, you're nervous because it doesn't pay off right away, right? Like, it takes time for that to, to come into effect. And this weekend, we saw Jose Aldo go to the body in the first round, the first two rounds. I know he's in your division. I know that he's up above you, so we don't want to, like, glorify oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. him or give him too much credit, but he's a legend in the game. And one of the things we were talking about, we went live after the fight, and we're like, man, for Aldo to commit to the body work, early on in the fight, it pays off later, right? You're making an investment to make life easier. Do you ever like second guess going to the body because you're like, Oh man, dude, it might not pay off later. Or like, you know, there's a little bit of a delayed gratification. Um, just curious about the thought process with body work when it comes to like three round fights,
1: man, honestly, uh, my, my thought process is I've been trying to like get myself comfortable to even throw the body shots because, like, there's – there man, it's it, it's weird because, like, an MMA, switching over to boxing, like, boxing, they throw to the body consistently. That's a big target the for them. So, like, in MMA, like, we don't use – like, it, it we use it with kicks. Kicks to the body and everything, like, teeps and all that stuff, you know, that works perfectly. But also, at the same time, uh, the punches do just as much damage as the kicks sometimes, man. Like, if you place it in the right position. And with me, I every single time I hit Randy, I – Place those shots. There was a couple where I, there's one where I hit them right underneath the belly button. Uh, and that you get hit right there, man. Uh, it, it will take the air out of you a little bit. And then there's also, if you land right on the side, right at the outside of the floater ribs, man, like, look, I'm telling you, like, placement of these shots really matter. Uh, placement, because there's a lot of places where you can hit that is just a fight ender. So, like, a lot of people like Do taking you think- this.
0: Real quick, just to to kind of dive deeper into that. Do you think the smaller, like, MMA gloves makes it easier to kind of, like, find those really small spots where it's, like, getting under the rib and shit?
1: Oh, yo. Oh, no. Absolutely. Like, man, I'm telling you, if these boxers had four-ounce gloves, they would find those shots so much more faster like mm-hmm. the, the the biggest uh, detriment with with the boxing is like and and not being able to land those shots solid is like is because of the arms like whenever they cover up for the for that liver shot their arms like are covering a big spot of it and some 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 fighters you know you got like some people like Canelo you know the Bernard Hopkins and every fought Oscar De La Hoya they were able to find that liver even through the block shot and wrap their wrap their hook around around their elbow and find it. But if man, if a lot more, if they had smaller gloves, I'm telling you, there would be a lot more body knockouts just due to the fact of the size of the glove and also the impact because it's like only gonna they go from a bigger glove to smaller and it's like it's easier to find those uh those those shots, man. Like when Randy covered up and I threw that uppercut, some, in a box with boxing gloves, it probably wouldn't have hit as solid as it did. But since it was uh, four ounces, it was right, it was right able to slip up the middle. So there's a lot there's there's a lot more room to work with with the four ounce gloves, but here's the thing with a lot of MMA fighters, they don't know punch placement, man. Like I, like, they don't know punch placement. They kind of go wild. They, they just swing to hit people on the head. And that's why, like, I'm a big fan of like Israel Adesanya. Like, man, Israel Asanya is really good with punch placement and everything. Like he, every shot's meant for something. It's always meant for like, uh, it's always meant for like the grander scheme of things, man. And I, I love watching that guy fight. Cause even if he misses a shot, it's for a purpose. It's absolutely for a purpose. Like he's like, okay, this three won't land, but it's only going to set up my right hand whenever I get to launch it. So, uh, man, like, so there's, there's, there there's a lot of things that I see, but there's like, uh, like, like sometimes some MMA fighters aren't as smart as uh aren't as smart as they uh, like when it comes to MMA IQ or fight IQ or punch placement. Cause there's a lot of like, uh, things to be smart in the, in the world of MMA. But when it comes to pure, strictly just hands and, uh, and hands, like, dude, there's no one, there's no one that really does it as well as like uh someone like Israel Adesanya when it comes to punch placement and setups, like even with kicks and everything, man. So, uh, like that's, that's another big inspiration. And like, and then also too, whenever I switch over and I watch boxing and all that stuff, like you appreciate all the stuff that they're doing. Cause man, like look at someone like, uh, man, uh, Devin Haney, man, whenever he fought, uh, Jorge Linares, man, everything was placed. Nothing was wasted. Even if he, if he threw a hard punch and it missed, it was only to set up something else. Like, man, like slow the slow speed or the harder punches and like to like to change the tempo and just being able to uh uh, you know change up the power on a moment's notice like man like it's it's something i always look at and i always marvel at because man like that just sets up the knockout and i love knockouts and that's what i want to continue to do
0: uh you love knockouts (laughs) Uh, we love knockouts too at home they're very fun to watch um devin haney had they announced his next fight? Because I know they mentioned Lomachenko as like a possibility for December, and I mean, like obviously oh. that would be the most badass fucking fight ever. They, they haven't announced it, right? I don't. No, think
1: so. they no. I uh, know. Just I think I just heard that Bob Bob Arum was saying that he's a possible opponent for Lomachenko. But other than that, I haven't heard anything. Uh, man, honestly, that that whole one thirty five division, man, you can. Like you got Tank Davis, you have uh, Ryan Garcia, right, you yeah. have Theo Te- Firma Lopez, you got Devin Haney, you got Lomachenko, man, he, and even though he lost to uh lost to Devin Haney just recently, man, Jorge Linares is still in there ready in the mix. He's a totally. bigger dude. He he dropped he was the first guy to drop Lomachenko. So like honestly, there's like a lot of a lot of good fighters at the weight class, and I, honestly I think it, it should honestly be like a little bit of a Kind of like a a grand prix type of deal where they all fight and then the the person at the top gets all the belts. So I think that would be great
0: would love it. I mean that division. Well what the other cool thing about it is it's so young, right? Like it's it's literally like telling you the future of boxing right now and just exciting and fun. And I literally feel like, dude, you could put any of them against each other. I don't even care what the matchups are, just give me something. Like oh, Same. If you do, if you you put those seven names or whatever we just said, and I had my sister just pick them out of a hat, I would be happy. Like literally, nothing Uh matters. Oh no,
1: exactly the same here, man. Honestly, as long as all those guys fight each other, even if they lose, I to me, I don't think it loses like loses any of the stock because I think on any given day, any of those guys can lose to each other. Like I don't think like I think if you make all of them fight each other twice. There's going to be losses. There's going to be losses. No one's going to come out with the perfect record.
0: Yep. Um, and then, really, the same thing for the the 135-pound division, you know, in the, in the UFC. Oh, the, Dude, oh yeah.
1: Like,
0: for the last, like, month maybe, I feel like it's gotten a lot of love, the Bantamweight division. Everyone's like, oh, shit, bantamweights, Dude, I feel like for a year now, though, like – people in the game have known dude 35 is crazy right now like
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: crazy so what i wanted to do was have you play matchmaker and i know you did this a little bit on uh, your recording with randy which we'll get into but um 35 division if you were sean if you were dana what are you doing like include yourself in there but but what do you do with all these guys at 35 because there's some exciting fights man
1: Man, honestly, uh, the winner—the winner of that—the uh, winner of the the, the the belt, like whoever gets the win, uh, all, either Aljo or uh, Peter Jan, yeah. depending on who wins. So if if Jan gets the if Yawn gets the belt, I would like to see him versus TJ, and then I would like to see a rematch between uh, between uh, Corey Sandhagen and Aldemayn Sterling. But also, if you would, you can literally switch uh, Corey and TJ, literally swap them out, and I would love to see that fight anyway. Like, I'd love to see either one of those fights anyways. And then all, uh, then after that, man, dude, you still got, like, a lot of good people on the horizon, man. You got Rob Font still waiting back, sitting back and uh, waiting to fight, man. And honestly, you throw Rob Font in any one of those mixes, and I think that would be fun. Yeah. Jose Aldo just coming off that Pedro Munoz win, man. Him and versus Rob Font would be a really great fight. I would pay to see that fight. Um, yeah, I, honestly, you can do, like, a little mini tournament with those, just those guys right there because those guys are – Fucking badass, and I would love to see all those fights, and I would be taking notes the whole entire time.
0: <laughs> of course, you would, and like that's we're not even talking about like the five through fifteen guys, the the no, like alleys and the U's, and just it's pretty dope. And then obviously like Frankie Edgar's still lingering around, and um, the dude, the division's loaded. You guys are in a great place. Super exciting. Um, oh yeah. Wanted to touch on so you and Randy. You guys fight. Two weeks ago. This is two weeks ago you guys are fighting in a cage, busting each other up. And last week, you guys recorded a podcast together, Friendly Foes. And now you guys are trying to make this a thing. Dude, how the fuck did this happen?
1: Dude, man, honestly, like the whole buildup of just the whole fight, man, was like kind of like one of those things that, I really respected, Like, I really respected. He could have went out there and took like this whole like approach of like being like trying to be a sugar Sean, trying to be like a Conor McGregor, trying to be like, uh, all these people who try hard, like a Kobe Covington and all that shit. But he like took the route of being like, nah, I really respect this guy. Like I respect them and all that stuff. And I was like, like, cool. Like I really love that. Cause I'm usually the guy that follows the person's energy and just like, all right, cool. Like, like with this Gustavo guy, I was like, man, where's he getting this from? Like he was talking shit he's like man like where's he getting this from like i never said one thing bad about this guy is like but he's going out there like being like who is this guy who the fuck is this guy and i'm like all right cool when we fight it's gonna be like a fuck you and then uh and whenever randy came around he was like oh yeah no like he's a really good guy really respectful and all that stuff like good and i was like man see this is i love this stuff and it doesn't make me not want to punch him in the face any less it's just <laughs> like because we're gonna go and we're gonna have like we get paid to do it so i'm like yeah i want to get paid my full my full contract so i was like of course like i'm gonna go out there and try to put him out and randy was real respectful about it and i was like man like cool like if he was talking shit it would have been a different story but man he was all love man he came out and i really respect the guy for 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 hand, like handling himself like that and uh, i know he was he was saying a lot of good things about me even before this fight and everything so like it it, it was it was really really cool man it honestly like if you if, if he talked shit it would have been differently but since like i saw i got to see like see him as a person and then I got I got to see him as a fighter and man just being able to see how he handles like us fighting and then like the whole fight afterwards like like I have like an immense respect for that guy just due to everything how everything played out man he came out and didn't make an excuse uh he he came out and said I'm coming for his head but respectfully and then then also the build up was very friendly and like it wasn't like oh fuck you or anything I was like oh no your drink sucks and I was like oh okay your snack sucks and then all of a sudden it it was just like kind of like hey friendly banner here and there we even DM'd each other a little bit like for the fights trying to see which fight cards we can get on because we we both knew that this fight needed an audience and it like honestly didn't deserve to be at the apex it deserved an actual audience and man like after the fight, like I, I remember doing, like a uh, little spaces on Twitter, and like I was talking to the fans and everything. And uh, Randy hopped on for like five, ten minutes, and people went nuts for it. And then after that, like people started asking for it. Me and Randy started messaging each other, like, I think we might have something. And then uh, we DM for a little bit. We're going back and forth, and next thing you know, we're like, all right, you know what? Let's let's do a podcast on uh, on spaces. Let's see what let's see what type of attention we bring. And man, like. The response was like great and I was like man let's let's see let's see man like let's let's do it again I'm down to do it again Uh, he's he's down to do it again so honestly we like honestly even after like all this all this after like even fighting each other like we still were even like man like if we rematch in later like dude you you know what type of numbers this is going to do for, for the podcast anyways like yeah man i wouldn't mind fighting you again that'd be fun and he's like yeah of course same here it's like so even if we do a podcast we still wouldn't be against fighting each other later anyways so it's we it's all love man we still we still don't mind punching each other in the face so i think it's all it's all good for everybody
0: one like the biggest thing that like stood out to me kind of in the lead up Um, and actually afterwards too, but it's like the self-awareness that you guys both have, you're aware of where you are in the UFC. Like, I think some guys, maybe it's just the marketing in them and they think they're a little delusional. They're like, yo, I want the belt next. And it's like, yo, you've got three fights in the UFC. Like you're a ways away. And, but you guys both seem to be aware of where you are, what you need to do how you got to do it to climb the ranks. Like, you're not, not just going to get there by luck or by chance. Like you got to earn it. You know what I mean? Like no one's going to hand you that rise to the top five or whatever. So that was super dope. I was listening to you guys in your Twitter spaces, the the friendly foes and dude, it's awesome. The comments are firing off people. Oh, are yeah. Into it. yeah. Like, live audience. People were stoked and it's so refreshing and different that's what was like badass about it like so i mean plenty of fighters like to make content plenty of fighters want to have a youtube channel and that's it's all great it's good for the sport but you two doing it two weeks after a fight and now like wanting to explore more that was so sick dude so sick but um still team reese's
1: oh yeah no i get you i, I got you 100 you know uh Man, you know it's even re- what's even re- really crazy, man. I had talked to Sean Shelby on Friday, and while I was talking to him, he was like, like he was still whatever about this fight. He was still whatever about this fight, but he was like, like, like not in the sense of like he was telling me how he felt before, before the actual like we actually told. fought. He was he was like man prelims and no, all that stuff. He was like that's how he had saw it, but he was like, dude, like how much chatter that was like because he was telling me how much he like where the fight was and everything. He's like, nah, like y'all, y'all like to me at the time, y'all were prelims and like y'all was like you and Randy created such the, the buzz and like the, the need for it that like I hadn't, he was like, I had no other choice, but to try to get this on, on, on a actual main card. And, and good. He was like, good thing I did. He told me himself, like, good thing I did because Holy crap, y'all went out there. And I was like, man, thank you. He was like, no, like, y'all did this. I was like, I thank you so much, sir. Like, no. So he, he, like, he he was still kind of whatever about it before and everything. Then all of a sudden, like, the whole media wave came in and how we went about the fight and everything. Like, man, he confirmed it for us that, like, we went out there, MMA Twitter went out there and did their thing and put this up there. And he was like, he was so glad that he listened and, like just like how it all went off, so man, it it, it was phenomenal, man. Like I, uh, you know, everybody knew what this fight could have been, and then it went out there to be better than what it what it was, you know.
0: We were Randy and I were talking like maybe first week of May or something, or maybe not even last week of April, maybe, and we were like, "Yo, can we get this on the May fifteenth, Houston card?" Originally, you know what I mean? Like a few months back. Oh yeah, dude, this thing needs an audience. It's just gonna be way too good. But you two are both just headed for superstar. On my guy, like you guys are. Oh on yeah, an incredible path. This is gonna be so fun to watch. Um, you guys are doing it for the right reasons. You're fun to watch. Like you guys literally just check off all the boxes <laughs> about like what makes a fan favorite, and it's genuine and and it's really exciting to see, dude. Um, I wanted to give you a chance. You know. I appreciate the 28 minutes you've given me here, dude. A <laughs> ton means a lot. Uh, social media handles, what you want us to follow, where people can check you out. How, however oh, people yeah. who are listening can help you out, let them know.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I have a website, yanezmma.com. You can go buy some merch. Uh, you can go buy some merch over there, you know, help support a fighter. Uh, hopefully, I got some more stuff coming in pretty soon, so I'll be able to add a little bit more things. Uh, you can follow me at on Twitter at yanezmma.com. On Instagram at Adrian Yanes ninety three. Uh, I do have a fan page on Facebook, but I would suggest to follow me for sure on Twitter and Instagram before there because I get you off a lot faster. Uh, but on Facebook, Adrian Yanez MMA. And honestly, after that, that's all I got, man. A big shout out to my coach Saul Solis. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in the position I am today. A big thanks to him, man. Because if it wasn't for him, like I, I legitimately like on my time hop a year ago just flew into Vegas a year ago. And it's still kind of crazy to me that like all this has transpired within a year and I'm still amazed. And if it wasn't for him, man, none of that would have been possible. Uh, So a big shout out, big thank you to him.
0: You're headed down a great path, bro. I cannot wait to see you climb these ranks. It's going to be sick. The work's going to be brutal, but nothing you can't handle, bro. It's just going to be a blast to watch. Thank you, dude, for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Y'all have a good one. And that is a wrap for this episode of in the fight. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for checking out this episode, Adrian. Thank you for the time, brother. That was awesome. That is as good as it gets all the right reasons. Adrian is a, is a competitor at heart. He's got the skills. He's a kind dude. He's interested in the sport. And what him and Randy are building right now, I truly believe could change the landscape of the way we view fighting. If they continue down this road to do this podcast together, if they continue down this path of being bad ass motherfucking fighters at 135 pounds, dude, you're going to be hearing about these guys for a long time in the fight game. So, Thank you guys for checking out the episode. Thank you, Adrian, for the time. And we will see y'all next week. This is one thirty-seven p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. One thirty-seven p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.